You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Be sure to follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find out more about Dr. Michelle at drmichellewatson.com. That's drmichellewatson.com. Here now is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, and I love that you're joining me again here today. And Dad, if you're new to the show, I want you to know that my whole goal is single focused, and that is to help you as a dad become a hero, because I know that you want to be the best dad that you can be to your daughter, and that's really the heart of God for you, and that's what this is all about. Well, before we begin, let me review the template that guides our conversation every week, which is simply on your mark, get set, go. So Dad, I want you to envision yourself standing side by side among other dads. You're getting ready to run your fathering race this week, and I'm on the sideline as your coach, cheering you on and saying, on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic or the theme. Get set is we're going to fill that in with stories and stats, and go is always your practical action step so that you can put your love for your daughter and your son into action this week. Well, today my guest coaches are two for the price of one. This is a couple named Kat and George Vasquez. They are the founders of Revolution Media Ministries. They're authors and evangelists who co-host the Revolution TV and Your Story Is Not Done film series. They are passionate, practical, and a little bit rock and roll, which has been a powerful combination as they've ministered at youth events, churches, and music festivals. If you want to connect with them or find out more about their resources and their ministry, you can go to their website, which is simply yourstoryisnotdone.com. Super easy to remember, and that's actually where we're going to go today. Kat and George live in Florida with their two sons, and though they don't have biological daughters, here's what they say, but we have a bunch of spiritual daughters that we adore. Welcome, Kat and George. Oh, thank thank you you so much, Dr. Michelle. Thank you. Yeah, we are honored to be on your podcast. Well, I'm so glad. I love it. I love the, the race at go. I love it. On your market set go. That's awesome. Well, as we start the conversation today, I want to begin by just saying that I am hopeful that today the conversation that we have, which on your mark, the title is Dad, Your Story Isn't Done. And so often here on the Dad Whisper podcast, I'm giving fathers of daughters resources, ideas, practical action steps to engage their daughter's heart. But you and I both know you can't give out what you don't have. So today, I'm excited that you guys are here to inspire dads and equip dads to look at their own stuff, their own story. Y'all in for that? We are. come on. That's our heartbeat, too. That is is awesome. Okay, so on your mark, dad, your story isn't done. Okay, now get set. Here's my first question for you guys. So I invited you here, like I said, because those five words mean a lot to me. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Psalm 1824 in the message that says, God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes. And we're all about God writing our story and what? Rewriting our story. So I want to begin by asking you guys, okay, you guys, Kat is like, throw your arms in the air. Tell me what that's about. I cannot believe. So that is my next tattoo on my (laughs) arm from the message version. I kid you not. It's going right underneath my typewriter tattoo on my forearm. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Dr. Michelle, I love you. You can't plan this. Okay. (laughs) So tell me with that in mind and with that as a foundation, what your story is not done is all about. 
So your story's not done is a campaign to spread the hope of Jesus. Bottom and line. Bottom line. Uh, we really feel there's a lot of prodigals and last hour workers that feel that God is done with them. You know, maybe they messed up. They feel like they messed up too much. Maybe they feel like they're, you know, they're not good enough for God. And the true story is that the author and finisher of our faith, he wants to rewrite our story. And if and so we we basically started this campaign through film, through book, through through media outreaches to to tell people, hey, wait a minute, with Jesus, your story's not done. And all we have to do, we we are, you know, we're closet control freaks, right? Most of us are, right? Uh, me, you yes, know, that, I, that's I'm me. at the front of the line, you, you know. <laughs> and so most of us want to control everything, especially our life, right? And the, the the honest truth is, God just wants you to let go and let Him write and rewrite the pages of your story. And the beautiful thing is. Is that when he does that, it turns out to be a masterpiece. Okay, so that, I mean, yes, I agree with you, but that is a, a really big statement that God wants to rewrite your story. In other words, no one says that if God hasn't done that in their own story. Oh. So tell me that part. Dr. Michelle, in the Bible, there are tons of stories of characters who were not 10 feet tall and bulletproof. They were imperfect, just like you and I, and the Lord still used them. He wove his storyline into their storyline, redeemed it, and brought an incredible comeback story. For example, King David in the Bible, we all know his story. He's known you know, for being a magnificent king and uh, the king of Israel. But what some may not know is that he he planned a man's murder because he was lusting after the wife, that man's wife. So they had an adulterous affair. She got pregnant out of wedlock. He tried to conceal that as he was the king of Israel and had her husband murdered so that he could marry her. That is King David, who later in the Bible is in the lineage of Joseph. Jesus's father, right. earthly father. So talk about a, a man after story. God's heart. Right. You think, how did God see that in the middle of all the mess? Poor decisions. Very important. There was a submission moment there. And um, when the conviction hit and the pain was too hard and you had Bathsheba and you had King David and they were lamenting after their son had died. Um, and the Lord gave them another son later, but they saw the hand of God, the grace of God. They recognized that and how the Lord was helping them process out of that grief. He walks with us through the grief. He walks with us through and comforts us when we submit to him. And that's the key, always keeping that key. conversation the humility, yes. even in the hard times, because you are not alone. The Lord loves you so much, and he wants you to invite him in to your mess so that he can redeem it and put you back on a comeback story. Mm. If he can do it for David, who is an adulterous murderer, he can do it for Come you on. and I. Come on. So, And you touched on humility. That That's the piece. That's the piece. You know. Uh, one day I felt the Lord tell me that humility is his secret weapon. And, um, you know, in everything, right, even coming to repentance, right, that takes humility to say, hey, I, I can't do this and I, I've messed up. I need you to take over, right? I need you to rewrite. Uh, when we wrote the book, I literally had a story about rewriting my first book. My first book was on rejection. It was called No More Rejection. And it was done. It had been edited eight times. It was late for publishing. And I had a professor, amazing friend of ours, Dr. Harvey. He, he knows the story. And um, he called me and he said, hey, I, I just really feel like I need to edit your book. 
And my pride was like, no, you know, it's, it's, you know, yeah, this it's is been, good to go now. It's good to go eight times. Yeah. Like this literally comes out in two months. Like we need to get pre-sales going. Like it's, it's late. And it was a long weekend. And he said, I'll get it done through the long weekend. And this guy was just an amazing theological professor. And at the end of it, he was able to retweak a piece where we were talking about God's love because he knew the Greek so well. And he was able to bring out the message I was trying to convey so much better than I could by a little rewrite. And But it took humility. And I remember after doing that, I just called him like, oh my goodness, Dr. Harvey, thank you. This made the book. This made the point I was trying to make because of your, you know, acknowledgement and, you know, to go and to rewrite it. And, um, but it took humility. And, and you know what, you even know? adding on to that, George, is that when we're talking about the dad-daughter relationship, and I've had a lot of men say, it's not just me saying it, like, that isn't always as men our strong suit. And yet, to reach the heart of your daughter, men, it takes that quality. And we read, right, in Philippians 2, that Jesus humbled himself, taking on the form of a servant, which I don't know about you guys, but I just picture someone getting down on their knees, like under where our eyes would touch. And I, maybe you're a dad that's in a place with your daughter right now where you're just, you're bonking heads, it's head-to-head, knockout, drag-out, verbal fights. Dad, soften your stance. That's what you're saying. Become humble. Get down on your knees. Pray first. That might be the thing. But really saying, help me understand what I don't know. Tell me, maybe even with this concept of your story, my story, ask your daughter what in her current story that day she wants you to understand. Because I love what you just said about somebody else came in and helped me rewrite my book. Dad, you're helping to write and rewrite your daughter's story as God's rewriting yours, right? It's kind of like a ripple effect. Absolutely. You know, I would say this. I would say partner with your daughter's heavenly father. Partner with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so that sounds really good in theory. I need you to get super practical, George. Tell me what does that actually mean? Super practical. okay? Okay. So you need to hear God's voice. For, for your daughter's life, okay? And the only way you're gonna hear God's voice is if you read his voice in his word and you know his word, right? So you know the word of God. So when you're spending that time with the, your father in heaven, who's her father also, then you're gonna, you're gonna hear his voice and you're gonna know that he's speaking to you because it lines up with the word of God. And so th- I'll give you a quick analogy. Okay. This, you know, we're on a, we're, we're on a, fishing expedition, right? We're out in the ocean, right? All of a sudden you get water splashed on your face. Okay. And so you grab that water and you put it to your mouth and you taste it and you say, okay, wait a minute. It's salty. I know that it wasn't, you know, my buddy throwing a bottle of water on me, trying to play a joke on me. It splashed and hit me in the face from the ocean. You knowing that that ocean water has salt, that it's salty, you knowing the context of the water, you immediately knew when it hits you in the face and when you taste it, that it came from the ocean. Uh It's the same way with God. When he speaks to your heart, if you know the word of God and you know the Bible, when it hits you in your heart, you know it lines up. It has the same context. It has the same saltiness to it. You know he's speaking to you. And so now you take that and you start spending that time with God and you seek his heart for your daughter, then... And it takes humility to do that because you're, you're listening to his plan, not your plan for her life. And then you start speaking those words of truth over her life. And it's not easy. Uh, and, and spending that quality time with God, trust me, I'm guilty of it. You can look at my wife. She'll tell you. I'm, I'm Mr. Rush, 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 busybody over here. But when I do, 
it, it has helped me with my relationships with my sons, with my spiritual daughters, with, with my wife. And it's something that when I'm doing that on a consistent basis, things are great. When again, I'm not, yeah. things are bad. Because <laughs> we're saying what goes in comes out. Absolutely. So what would you add to that, Kat? Well, Dr. Michelle, I am a daughter, and uh, I remember growing up, my father was really good about being intentional and affirming me, so he would, number one, look me in the eyes. I noticed that was a very practical, easy thing that he would always do. He would have that connection Even with me. Even if it was intense between you? You're having intense fellowship? <laughs> Still be looking at you in the yes. eyes? He would always come back around and affirm me, and he would connect in my eyes, so we would have that eye contact, and he would say, I love love you. I want the best for you. And hey, I'm proud of you. And so those three things were such strong affirmations at um, a young age, very impressionable. And I think that's something else. I'm sure you've got stats on the ages where young women are, you know, maybe more impressionable and they need that father's affirmation, that fatherly love. And every single one of us, whether male or female, we are God's children. And every single day he is reaching out to us and wants us to connect in the word where he grabs our eye contact. And through stories in the Bible, he's saying, I love you. Hey, I'm proud of you. And hey, here's some stories of folks that I redeemed. I redeemed and look what I did in their life. They're major influencers. So anyway... And I love that you're saying that to dads listening. I was going to actually ask you to repeat those three things because dad, today we're focusing on your story and you have a dad in heaven, whether or not you had a dad on earth who got you, who affirmed you, who understood you, who validated you, who fanned into flame your wiring rather than projecting his idea of what he wanted you to do onto you. You have a father in heaven that is saying, say it again, Kat. I love you. I'm proud of you, and you've got a purpose and a plan. Oh, I love I, it. That eye contact. I have to laugh when I hear that because, uh, you know, my father is a you know, Cuban kid from Miami, right? Okay. And that's my story. My dad, uh, his grandfather left Cuba, um, you know, when he was 13. It was one of those things, you know. And I remember as a kid when my grandfather would come visit, like literally my dad would be like, all right, hide the kids, hide the boys. Like it, it was like, he didn't want us Why? around him. Why? Oh, just not the best example. Oh, you I know, see, you, to you know. not be yeah, influenced yeah. by him. And okay, so, got yeah. it. And, um, but long story short, he never said he loved him to him or his brother or his, you know, his So sibling. your dad never had a he model. Never, yeah. And so my dad was the same way. And so I remember I became a Christian later in life. And I remember one day I just felt the, the Lord said, hey, you're going to kill him with love and you're going to break that cycle. Kill and, him. And, and so Ooh. I would literally, I would literally be on the phone and Kat's witnesses a couple of times. So I'd be like, hey, dad, I love you, dad. Thank you, dad. It was almost like one of those movies with like, uh, you know, he's like, love you. I love you. Like, like Elf, you know, like right, it was right, like right. that. Yeah, yeah. But it was like on purpose, like, hey, we're going to break this cycle. Okay. And we're going to we're going to share the love and, and, and share our affection. And so with our kids. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, How'd your dad respond? He would always say, OK, thank you. OK. But couldn't say it couldn't back. Is say he it back. still living? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Has, he, has he still, ever been able to say uh, it yet? I, I could count it twice twice Isn't and uh, that it's, it's We're planting seeds but but that's Come on. the power yes. of a father because his father yes. did it to him yeah and so but now my kids 
my kids say it all the time. They're, I love you, dad. I, yeah. I, I'll walk through and it'll be like, I love you. I love you. And I'm like, and you know, cause we're, we're cultivating yes. that. That is and so, so cool. It, but we broke that cycle, right? That's we broke awesome. the cycle. And so we, we continued that, but it, it took uh, humility because yeah. I knew I wasn't going to get to that. I knew I wasn't going to get, I love you back. That is so cool. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to continue my conversation with George and Kat Vasquez. And we are going to be talking to you, Dad, about your story not being done. We'll be right back. Are you a dad who has ever desired a deeper connection with your daughter, but haven't known how to go about it? Let's talk conversation starters for dads and daughters is the very resource you need. Dr. Michelle wrote it with you dads in mind. This book will support you with scripted questions, equip you to decode your daughter, and inspire you with stories of other dads and daughters. Don't wait any longer to be the hero you wanna be and that your daughter needs you to be. So, to let the talking begin, head on over to drmichellewatson.com forward slash books and order your copy today. This book will become a favorite in your fathering toolbox and will give you the answers you've been looking for. That's drmichellewatson.com forward slash books. Now back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the Dad Whisper, here with Kat and George Vasquez. George, before the break, we heard a little bit of your story. By contrast, here's your wife, Kat, who says, My dad was often saying, I love you. Kat, what in your background? I'd love to just hear something of your story that God is saying to you, Kat, your story isn't done. Because I know you guys would not be focused on this if you didn't have redemption in your own story. Well, um, most of my life, I have struggled with believing that I am worthy. Even though I did have a father that affirmed me and he regularly said, I love you, I'm proud of you, I want the best for you. But I grew up in a family, um, my mother had been um, a pageant queen. She was in Miss America pageant. Later in life, she was a um, pageant judge. And so as a young child, um, she took me with her and I learned the process of what constitutes a winner. Um, and there's only one crown given at the end of the night, right? So you've got no 99% <laughs> yeah. right, of all of these girls who appear to be perfect. They've worked so hard. They've, had, they've sacrificed. Their family has sacrificed. And in their mind, they are ready to be the winners. They've given their all, right? Right. But there's only one winner chosen. I learned that perfection and performance validates your worth. So that was my story. And I brought that um, broken skew of identity into my career. And I struggled um, looking to my bosses and authority figures that I was hungry for affirmation. And I was really blessed. I'm an overachiever, Dr. Michelle. And I was really so blessed. I. Are you hey, a firstborn? Hey. I am. Me too. <laughs> okay. I, well, I'm, a, I'm the last born. That's why we, okay, we, we, we why worked out all the kinks. Okay. <laughs> so I always took those jobs that that seemed out of reach 
But often the jobs that are qualified as number ones require perfection over and over and over, okay? So I was in the news business a long time. I was an award-winning journalist, and I wanted to continue that theme because I was addicted to proving my worth. Uh But my worth and my standard was far beyond what a a human can continue to create over and over. So to make a long story short, I look for validation in father figures, in my bosses. Uh And every time, because it's a boss, it's a job, right? Um, That validation rang empty at the end of the day, even though I would turn a story that made it on the network feed, or I won an award for, say, a feature documentary. Or never enough. I was, right, right. The end of the day, there was a little addiction to that high and you know at a girl that's awesome high five and the next day that same standard hung over my head and I you cannot um, continue to live under those standards those are the world standards the world tells you that greatness is success the greatness is uh, overachieving consistently but what the Lord has shown me and this is the takeaway that the Lord God himself the perfect father He doesn't want you to be a human doing, 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 striving, striving, striving. You have to earn my love. He just wants you to be a human being and to receive his perfect love. And Dr. Michelle, I have had to relearn in the last 15 years how to receive a Heavenly Father's perfect love. And that's through the Word of God and uh, staying in church, I'm having to relearn what uh-huh. a heavenly father, what that looks like yeah. and, and how I can just be right. and receive his yeah. love and joy because he takes pleasure in me. Yeah. And I love that you're being honest about that because I beat to that same drum as an oldest daughter. I think when we're You know, the firstborn, there's so much celebration. She talked, she blinked, she cooed, she danced, she twirled. Or for a guy, right? He lifted, you know, the couch up on one side. And it's all about what we do. Again, no fault of parents. They're enjoying all of the firsts. But at the end of the day, it it starts to shape our identity unknowingly. And dad, I have no doubt that you've probably been in, in circles, whether it was through sports, your job that you've been affirmed as a parent and where I find it's a lot of times very hard for dads as daughters get older is when their daughters were young they got that affirmation if you will from their daughter daddy you can do anything you're my hero and then their daughters start to pull away in adolescence going I don't need you I don't like you I'm not listening to you what does a dad do that's in that part of his life story with his daughter going I don't like fathering right now I want the story to be done, and I'm going to make it be done. What do you say to that, Dad? Well, I think they need to recognize that the story's not done and that there is going to be an end and a result and a breakthrough in the story, right? There's always a plot twist in the story. And so you need to realize that. And by the way, what Kat touched on, yeah. In this age with technology, it's just heightened. Because yeah. now the performance is fed back with how many likes, how right. many shares, Absolutely. how many views. And we're fighting algorithms that are trying to suppress to keep you addicted to do more to get that response back. Like, oh, I got 100 likes or 100 views, you yeah. know. Yeah. And so it, it's heightened, that, that, you know, that performance and that striving for performance. And the honest truth is we just need to 
be loved. Yeah, exactly. God just wants to love us. You know, yeah. while we were yet sinners, Christ right. died for us. Okay. So, you know what I was just going to say, too, to those of you listening that can hear conversations, you can hear a phone ringing. We're at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Hey, hey, so hey. we're here with a lot of other people around us, and hopefully you can still hear what we're saying. You know what I never thought, George, till you just said that? Yeah. We cannot get away right now from the impact of social media. But I just thought, what, what would happen if a dad was, quote, giving likes to his daughter? Because I think we all go, you have to love me. Like you'd said, it, it's your hard. dad affirmed you, I love you. But the whole like thing, we don't always like each other. But I thought, what would happen if every single day, dad, you found a way to say to your daughter, I like you? I, you know, it's super tough. But you're right. Because if she's getting a whole bunch of it likes is. from you, I wonder if she would have to go outside of your home. And Dad, what we're saying today to you is you have a father in heaven who likes you. Yeah. I, he likes you faults and all, mm-hmm. flaws and all. Mm-hmm. I love the fact also with technology, it could be an obstacle and adversity, but it could also be a tool. So I text my kids. I love you. How are you? How's that? You know, great job on that. You know, and, and so I could do that because that's the message. That's where their, their message is read and, and absorbed. And, and of course, see him eye to eye, like Kat mentioned with her dad, looking them and telling them, I love you. I like you. Great job there. You know, um, but it is, but the, the key is you're going to have to do it way more because now with technology, the pressure coming against them is so great. That's why you exactly. see the rise of suicides, the Absolutely. rise of all this. And so it, it's literally, um, you know, Cat worked in the news business. The, the emotion used there is fear. If it bleeds, it leads, right? That's what got the eyeballs to pay for advertising. In technology, it's jealousy. And, it, you know, it's keeping, keeping up with the Joneses. That's what keeps you glued to that screen. And so that, that creates a lot of hurt. And, and so Dad as a father, underst- have to Yeah, ask, understand that your daughter is struggling, is, is struggling with, with that. Yeah, and you I might appreciate not be, you saying that. Yeah, and you might not be on, on social media and see what they're doing. I'm one. I'm guilty of that. I, You know, Kat is very well-versed in that. But they have to keep up with that. They have to overcome that. And so now more than ever, they got to say, I yeah. love you more. They exactly. have to spend that time with them more. To offset, to offset all of the that. negative messaging. Absolutely. Well, you know, I end every show with a go step. We've talked about lots of things today. So I want to give each of you a final word. Imagine that you're sitting across from a dad right now who's in a tough place with his own story and his daughter's story, which they go together. What would you say is one thing a dad could do today to begin moving towards embracing the truth that his story, which is God's story, isn't done even if he struggles to believe it to be true? Okay, the first thing they need to do is to recognize that hey, that Satan hates fathers in the mix because you're a representation of our Heavenly Father. So once you realize that, you're going to act with more responsibility knowing that you're shaping people's lives and you're representing our Heavenly Father with your actions and your words. And another perspective on how you can see your son or daughter is they are the young saints. They are our future leaders. They're going to be guiding our nation. They're going to be guiding this generation to help expand the Lord's kingdom. So it is such a great opportunity to help shape, train, fill them, pour into them as much love as you can, because you only have a matter of what, 18 years or so under your, your roof. Fill them with as much love and affirmation as you could because that foundation never goes away. It's always there. But that's up to you to fill their little vessels now with I love you. I want the best for you. 
And, and one last step. Hey, if you're a father out there and you see a spiritual daughter that's in need of a father, spiritual father, step up. Step up to the plate. That's be awesome. a mentor. You know, mentor mentees don't just raise their hand and say, hey, mentor me. You got to go seek them and, and influence them and love them into the kingdom and fill and that void. how does a dad do that with a daughter that might not be his own? It's it's tough, but when they're listening to God. Do you bring them with your sons? Yeah, so yeah. And when they highlight friends. and it happens and partnering with your wife. I mean, that, that's the key. There you go. Doing it together. And uh, nine out of ten times, Kat's like, hey, we need to spend time with so-and-so. Together. together. There you go. Okay, I love it. Well, you guys, it's been such a joy to have you here today. Kat and George Vasquez. And you can go to yourstoryisnotdone.com to connect with them and find out more about what they're doing. On Your Mark today has been Dad, Your Story Isn't Done. As always, you can go to my website at drmichellewatson.com and find free resources. You can sign up for my bi-monthly Dad Daughter Friday blogs. Get my books there as well. And remember, you can subscribe to the Dad Whisper podcast on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, where you can listen back to any of my past shows and share them with your friends. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been great to be here with you all. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you, Dad, to make today a day where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's heart. Go Dads! Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. If you're looking for more resources to support the father-daughter relationship, or if you want to connect personally with Dr. Michelle, you can find all the information you need at drmichellewatson.com. That's drmichellewatson.com. And remember, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer podcast anytime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And while you're there, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again on the next edition of the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield.